All right. Uh, hey, everybody. It's me, Maria. And welcome to a podcast. It's, it's been a long time. <laughs> we should have left you. Without a dope beat to step to. Indeed. This is correct. That's correct information. <laughs> I love that we both did that at the same time. We just instantly knew. Ahsoka has an awesome cough, as you can hear, um, that we're fighting. Um, yeah, that I guess she got from daycare, so. Or kindergarten, whatever they call it nowadays. <laughs> I want to I say daycare so bad, but she's out of the daycare phase. Preschool? Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they never grow up. Yeah. Or we they never placed, let them grow up. Right. Well, they they placed her in the big kid class, <laughs> and I was like, and she got to go on her first field trip and stuff, and I was just, I got misty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where was the field trip to? Where'd you go? Where'd I you go? I so broken patch. Did how many pumpkins did you see? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, forty-one. <laughs> forty-one. So many. Forty-one. <laughs> pumpkins on pumpkins. That's a lot of pie. Mmm, pumpkin pie. Mm. Right. Pumpkin bars. Mm. I had pumpkin ice cream sandwiches this year. Whole Foods was selling Ooh. pumpkin. And it's not that pumpkin spice garbage. It's real, yeah. made with real pumpkin. Yeah, yes. you like it? I eat half the box and like, there's only like six <laughs> or eight in a box. I think I eat four of them at a sitting. I'm like, oh my Oh, jeez. <laughs> my, my husband is the same way. He eats so many. Okay, Ahsoka, can you can you not block Angie? Can you? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. There, there we go. We just got to... It's a blocking together on the camera. Okay. That's great. I don't mind being on the side. That's fine. That's cool. No one needs to see me. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, okay, uh, ma'am. Okay, ma'am. Thank you. Let's get to have some camera. <laughs> Hi, everybody. She's still turned from Beyonce, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, did you like it? Yes. You did? That's awesome. As it's her second showing of Renaissance the movie. Wow. Wow. It was very cute. Yeah, she always falls asleep. I mean, it's a long <laughs> It is. It's very long. Mm. But both times she was out before the... Before heated. Before heated. <laughs> and she brought her little fan. She brings her little fan and still couldn't couldn't get it together. Aww. I used Sorry. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So it was not in vain. <laughs> All right. Wait, what are we talking about? What y'all got? Oh my gosh. The craziness of the holidays and all that jazz. Yeah. What's new with you guys? I don't know anything. Well, holidays are quiet at my house because both Sarah and I live far away from our families. So like I, I'm a transplant. Like I moved to Montreal for love. Um, 20, year, 20 years ago now. Hi. 
Hey. Rita's here. <laughs> and, you know, Sarah obviously is from Australia. So all of her family's mm-hmm. in Australia. So, um, and also ever since we had Silas, it's really challenging to visit other people's homes because they don't understand that Silas is like, is basically like a tod- like a giant toddler. Mm-hmm. You know, like we tried to not last year but the year before we tried to take him to a friend's house for thanksgiving dinner and they had a table in their hallway that had sort of like a junk drawer in it and he just pulled the whole drawer out and like everything in the drawer just like went all over the floor because people took their eyes off him for like 30 seconds yeah and then when we tried to give him a plate with like a little bit of everything on it, of course, none of it was his safe foods. So no. he was like going all done, all done. And I think he like actually threw something at the table. I think he like mm-hmm. threw one of his utensils or something. So we just finally, Sarah just took him home and I uh-huh. stayed back behind to hang out with friends. So yeah, like it's yeah. disastrous trying to take Silas to other people's houses. <laughs> You know, like at least at our house, we have his room and the living room are set up so that they're like Silas proofed. Like there's really nothing in there that he can wreck. Um, And anything that he could wreck is sort of out of his reach. And we use these tall baby gates to like shut off part of parts of the house. Basically, we call it the Silas containment unit, the SCU. And, ah. <laughs> and like he I can, he can. <laughs> so it's sort of like we have this baby gate that leads like in the section of the hallway that goes to sort of the front of our apartment which has our bedroom and the bathroom in it mm-hmm. and the laundry room and then on the other side of the doorway between the kitchen and the living room there's another baby gate so he can't access the kitchen or the back room which is where i am right now which is like my office Mm -hmm. so yeah so like he's kept away from like all the medication the knives the cleaning products like he can't physically access them so and then this way we can let him roam around with minimal supervision and still like you know live our lives you know like full that's smart and wash dishes and stuff but it's like it's such a unique setup like most people don't have can't really do that in their home so yeah yeah, so it's like we always end up just kind of staying home. I mean, we do have lots of friends that come to visit us, thankfully. That's smart. But like the often the actual days of the holidays are really quiet for us and we don't usually do anything super special. I mean, I'm kind of resistant to celebrating Christmas anyway because I'm mm-hmm. Jewish. Yeah. And part sense. of my culture. So, um, you know, like, I mean, it's it's Hanukkah right now. So it's the... Happy Hanukkah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I think it's, <laughs> what you. day is it? Is it day two? It's day four. Okay. Damn. Wow. We're already halfway yeah. through. Yeah. I'm, I'm it's, it started smart. on Sunday. It started on, sorry, it started on the 7th. It started okay. on Thursday night was the okay. first candle. So... Yep. So it's Sunday uh, night, so it's the fourth candle night. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, right now we don't we're not really doing much for Hanukkah because we don't have a lot of time or energy. Um, but when Silas is a bit more independent and Sarah's um MS has stabilized a bit more, um <coughs> our tradition is probably just going to be that we do charity for the first seven nights 
And then on the eighth night, we do a gift exchange. A lot of families do that. And the idea is that, you know, you think of other people seven times before you think of yourself. That makes sense. Yeah. I I was going to ask that. Do y'all do the everyday gift? Some families do. Some families do that. And that's Mm -hmm. that's cool and valid. Like, the really interesting thing about Hanukkah is that because it's technically not a Torah holiday, um, like there's no instructions in the Torah on like how to celebrate it. Like there are with other, with other holidays, like Hanukkah is actually like sort of based on a historical event, which is the, um, the flame in the temple. Um, There was a war with the Greeks basically, and the blockades caused by the war prevented oil from getting to, like to prevented supplies of oil. So mm-hmm. the temple, the flame at the temple only had enough oil to burn for one night. But the idea is that, um, you know, God caused the oil to burn for eight nights, um, basically making something from nothing. Um, and that is sort of, that's the reason why Hanukkah is celebrated is to commemorate the miracle. And um also, it's a very sort of public holiday. Like it's, you're supposed yeah. to put your menorah in the window. Lots of people have like these really wild, dare I say tacky, menorahs oh. that they put on top of their cars and drive around. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a Hasidic neighborhood, but often you'll see that. Um, nice. And that's because you're supposed to publicize the miracle. Like the idea is that it's like, this is what God does for us. Like God provides for us. Okay. Um, and he's there for us when we need him and to sort of, yeah. So that's kind of the story behind Hanukkah. But like I said, because it's based on a historical event that took place long after the Torah was written, um, it's not in the Torah, which is why Jews can do things like work. Like Jews can go to work during Hanukkah and they can do other tasks that are forbidden during Torah-based holidays like Yom mm-hmm. Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, where you're supposed to be like resting the same way that you do uh, during the Sabbath, um, oh. because that is what is instructed in the Torah, and that's how you're mm-hmm. supposed to observe it. But so Hanukkah is kind of like a bit more freestyle, you know, like different. Okay. It depends on what family you're from, so and it also depends on what tradition and ethnicity you have, because like Syrian Jews and Russian Jews and Mediterranean Jews and African Jews, they all have their own uh, lineages. And so there's a lot of like their own culture and things based on their own life circumstances that influence the way they observe those types, like the sort of more culturally based holidays, which is really cool because it, then you get to learn, you know, about different traditions when you go to people's houses, like mm-hmm. even Passover, like in, in Iran, uh, there is a tradition of you do this game during Passover because, you know, you're telling the story of the Jews being enslaved in Egypt. And so people take raw green onions, you know, like the long onions mm-hmm. okay. and they like whip each other with it. Oh God. I've seen that. <laughs> it's it's like gentle. That. It's gentle. Like, and, and yeah, like, no, it doesn't actually hurt anybody. It's just, 
No, I thought we were cooking something. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> work. Like, what are we cooking? Right. Okay. And so you find these like unhinged videos of these families and everyone around the tables, like all like whipping each other with green wow. onions and singing, singing one of the traditional songs of Passover. Oh, okay. And also in Syria, so there are no Jews in Syria officially. I mean, there might be like one or two, but the Jewish community in Syria was decimated by the war, mm. and uh, most of the Jews, like the Jewish community, was evacuated. Um, but the Syrian Jewish community was established after Jews were expelled from Spain. So, you know, King Ferdinand wow. and Queen Isabella, you know, they expelled the Jews because they felt that that was an appropriate expression of their Catholic faith. And so, you know, this group of Jews was forced, some were forced to go into hiding and others uh, were forcibly converted. Even though and they themselves fucked their own family members. <laughs> This is just how royalty works, I guess. (laughs) But but yeah, so there was a group of Jews that left Spain and went eastward trying to find a home. And so they settled in Syria. And when they came there and established their community among the native Syrian population, they were so welcomed and so like they just received such a warm welcome and were integrated so peacefully into the community that Mm -hmm. when they celebrated Hanukkah, their menorah would have nine candles on it instead of eight. And Mm -hmm. the ninth candle was supposed to be an expression of thanks to God for providing a safe place for them to settle after they had been expelled from their homeland. Wow. So when you so if you ever see like a ten, a, so the the word menorah just means lantern. So technically, a Jewish menorah can have like fifteen candles on it, or ten candles, or like however many. So uh, the type of menorah that's used specifically for Hanukkah, which has nine candles on it, so it has eight main candles, and then the, what's called the shamash, which is the the candle that lights the other eight. So mm-hmm. it's like the worker candle. Um, so those are called Hanukkiahs. It's like a mm-hmm. special type of lantern that's only used for Hanukkah. So a Syrian one will have nine candles plus a shamash. So it'll have 10 spaces to put a candle. Okay. So, yeah. If you ever see, like if you're in like an antique store or something and you see sort of like a Hanukkah style menorah that has 10 space for 10 candles on it, that is something that belonged to a Syrian family. Oh, I learned something new. Yeah, I had no idea. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Kita? What you got going on for the holidays? Uh, Nothing much because we did so much for her birthday. So we're keeping it chill. I'm going to do our first time ever a gingerbread house. Okay. I need a gingerbread house at school to trap our gingerbread. Oh, you we did? Got, we got a pin from Target and it runs in Miss Ashley's room and it put a toilet paper all over the bathroom. Oh my God. It's in Miss Terry's room. Those it's gingerbreads. In, and he put a cinnamon on the floor. They like oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. He gave us notes. That's that's very creative he art. Said, I want to be in school like you, 
run, run past this can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I can see you and my daughter will be the best of friends. <laughs> Y'all will get into some crap. <laughs> well, I, I should continue to nurture that friendship. Yes, we will. I see she has a, a smarsh, marshmallow. What's the marshmallow's yeah, name? Sure. She has apparently she hasn't named it yet. Oh, you haven't named your squishmallow yet. What type of animal is the squish? Oh, is it an axolotl? It is. Yeah. She... It's a blue one. Yeah. Yeah. So guess what? My brother told told me that at night keeps monsters away. That's right. Yep. You don't have to be scared. Nope. Man, you and um Olivia is going through the same thing. But yep. she has on the back there's fur right here. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has a pink one. We call her Geraldine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Work. <laughs> no, you know I what's funny? That. You know what's funny? Because it came with the tag of the name. So oh really? Like, yeah. So that's why I was oh, okay. like, oh, so it wasn't even brainstorming. No, nope. it, uh, uh, it was there. But she, she grist it. Instead of calling her Geraldine, she calls her Cody. I was like, well, I guess she would have doped up all day. <laughs> Either way, it'll put you to sleep. It worked. <laughs> she just, she won't let it go. <laughs> so it's Codeine it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now nah, we just chilling. We're chilling in, um, waiting for my husband to get the uh, Christmas decorations out of storage so we can put that up and then do the gingerbread on Christmas Day and that's it. But next year I really want to do the um really, really, really want to do the train ride, the Polar Express out here. Cause they have a lot of trains out here where they do um train rides and the Christmas one is so beautiful at night. So I really want to do that because we already did the Christmas lights. I definitely want to do um have her take a picture with Santa one year. Um, but yeah, I said, child, we went to that trampoline park. We had a ball. I said, let's just chill out. We spent so much money. <laughs> she got all the gifts that she needs. So yeah, no gifts. It's just chilling out. That's it. We're good. What are y'all doing? Uh, me, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. I'm probably just going to I might go see some uh, friends on Christmas Eve, but other than that, I don't really have any plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Child, it's it's y'all in New York, right? No, I'm in uh, I'm in an undisclosed location in the South. Okay. And I'm in Mainville. In okay. All right. Don't tell where you where the location is now. Don't don't say nothing. <laughs> what are y'all doing, Maria? Oh, Maria wants to go talk to somebody. Oh, she went, oh okay. Or what, Maria? What about you, Des? What you got? Well, actually, this Christmas is this is all top secret. So, shh, so hopefully, my spawn will neither of my spawn will uh, will find this podcast before Christmas. But uh, we're surprising them with a Disney <laughs> in February. <gasps> Awesome. And so my kids have never been to Disney World. I haven't been there in almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, come on, Galaxy's Edge. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> you know, I'm just, 
So we're just kind of be low key about it. I mean, um, I think we're going to try to open up gifts for the four of us, like all ears. So we're going to start ordering like our ears, the mouth mm-hmm. ears. And so um, two of us will have Star Wars related ears. We'll probably get a pair of Loki ears for my oldest. Nice. And then my spouse, who knows what my spouse will end up getting. But uh, my youngest spawn and I will do all the uh, Star Wars stuff. My youngest spawn and I will, uh, Books Kenobi will, uh, will go and um, her and I will go build the uh, lightsaber together and everything. Oh, so. oh my gosh. Yeah. That was so amazing. So cool. oh, I'm so I love building my lightsaber. That was an incredible experience. And you're going to love it. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm nope, just nope. going to tell you it was amazing. That's great. Because of the cost, we're going to do it together. <laughs> so we each wanted to do our own, but I got the whole... You know, that is already $250 for it one is. person. It is. It's expensive. It yes, is. it is. And so, but it's I'm for like, the experience, not for the tool. Right. I mean, you have a, an 11-year-old or a 51-year-old. I mean, as much as I'm going to like it, I'm like, fine. She can display the lightsaber in her room. And I'm like, but my office is I've got all this room for toys right. in my office. Like, right. Fine. I have to be the bigger adult here. I do recommend that you do a little bit of research beforehand if you haven't on the options for building your lightsaber because I felt like that really enhanced my experience because I didn't have to feel pressured to choose in the moment like I had already chosen what I wanted so like I already so they have i'm I'm not going to spoil anything like special about the experience but i'm just going to tell you um there's sort of four different styles of lightsaber and um you know you can do research ahead of time to figure out like which style you want to go with and i would recommend to do that like just do that at the very least because yeah like i said like if because I spent a lot of time thinking about which style I wanted to go with. And like, because it's probably something you're only going to do once, you know, like because of right. the expense and all that stuff, like, right. you know, like if I thought I was going to be going to galaxy's edge every year or whatever, I wouldn't have felt so much pressure to choose. But I think because I knew this was my one shot at it, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I decided that I thought it over and I ended up being picking something that I was going to be happy with in a lasting way and not have like regret about like mm-hmm. oh you know like I picked this in haste and it wasn't what I really wanted and you right. know like so, so I would which, one, I, I which think, one of the four did you pick I know there's like I picked I chose elemental okay there's like elemental strength there's like protection passion and justice yes mm-hmm. hmm Passion one sounds like very Sith-like because yeah. you know, the whole like there is no there's sounds peace, like no, there's that's no... it's it's very apparent which sort of side the different things are aligned with mm-hmm. when you go. It'll be interesting to see which one of my kids. I think I'll let my daughter pick it, but knowing her, she'll probably end up picking the Sith one. <laughs> oh boy, girl after my own heart. <laughs> Ahsoka's the same way. Yeah. It's like, really? I love Darth Maul. I'm like, okay. Someone on the other side. I went to a convention in um in September yeah. and they had these little stickers, like the little Ooh, oh, cool. the different ones. I love yeah. it. Yeah. The Thrawn and the Bo Katan one, my two, my two peeps. Very but then cool. they also had like um they also had like Jawa. 
Cool. Oh, that's so, so cool. So what I ended up with, the ones that my kid picked, she picked the Vader one, she picked the Darth Maul one, yeah. and then she picked the uh, and Boba. And so I'm like, okay, I see where you're going along this line here. So, okay, so more likely she'll pick the Sith one in, when we get to February. So, but, so Christmas is good. You know, we usually spend it with uh, my spouse's family. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really, uh, there's not enough drugs in the world that make me want to spend any, you know, holidays with my family. Um, there you go. Yeah. So, but you're talking like holiday traditions and everything. And I'm like, this would be a fun, just like a whole podcast, like, Talk about your holiday traditions, both good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like to me now, it's just nice. It's just the simplicity of family. Um, mm-hmm. My oldest will come over and spend the entire day with us. So we'll start by ourselves, And then in the evening, we'll go down and spend it with my spouse's family. So mm. and that's what we do every year now. It's just starting to be this nice tradition. But this is the first year that my youngest does not believe in Santa. Oh. Oh. Huh? we got in there <laughs> oh boy yeah yeah and it was weird how it happened the two it was because of the tooth fairy mm. ahsoka can you can you go oh, to shit. and um can you grab your water for me your water bottle <laughs> thank you i don't think yeah <laughs> even mine's with anything so. But <laughs> I'm like, on the off chance that we say something, right. no, let no, me no, send no, her no, on a no, random no, errand. No, awesome. <laughs> but it's weird this year, though, because like she said the other day, Mama, Mommy told me that all the good stuff that you did with our, our elf's name was Kevin. Mm-hmm. So it's all the stuff, all the good stuff with Kevin, it was for you and all the boring stuff was with Mommy. And I'm like, how do you take this compliment that you did the good stuff? I'm like, no, mommy had some pretty good ideas too. Right. I said, I said to her, I go, the reason why I came up with that wacky ideas is because I was trying to have as much fun as you. Mm-hmm. And that was my fun. All the all the weird things we did with this damn elf was because she was just like living in the moment. Yeah. And so it's different this year, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you're like your babies are growing up, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, you Thank wish you. for that. All the water in that water bottle before you go to bed and then go potty, okay? Okay. Because you need to. Anyway, sure. so that's the difference of the holiday this year, but it's still going to be exciting. We're going to have awesome, <laughs> but we're going to have the, the surprise of the trip coming. And then it's not only going to be us, it's going to be us, my brother in law, his wife, my niece, and my nephew. Mm-hmm. So it's like my daughter will have my and her cousins to go with. Oh, that's um, great. Which will be nice. And so my mother-in-law will already be down there. So she's looking forward to get a chance to, uh, nice. you know, at least be with her grandkids and everything right. like that. So, yeah. That's going to be amazing. Oh, it is. This, this year was actually Silas's first time meeting Santa. Because, oh, okay. because um, we are part of this organization for families with kids with autism Uh and um, they, every year they have a Christmas party where they have Santa himself show up and he gives, so you register your child ahead of time with his name, like with their name, their age and anything they're interested in. So if they have a special interest in like, you know, like Hot Wheels or Barbie or whatever, and then, um, you show up to the party and Santa has a gift for your kid. 
Oh, so you, yeah. So like he sits on a throne and he has like his little elf helper and they call the kid's name up and they get to sit up there and talk to Santa and get their gift. Uh Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. And they had like other stuff too. They had like a craft station where you could make Christmas ornaments to take home. And they invited this, um, they invited this, uh, it's like a, I don't know, it's like thing you hire for parties, but it's people that bring oh, animals. Oh, it's okay. like, like, like people will bring like their snake and their lizard. And oh, like, yeah. They're like, yeah. The so, like, yeah. 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 It's like an animal handling traveler like thing. They have like a van. And they'll they'll come to your party and like your kid will have the chance to like hold a snake or whatever. Okay. Silas didn't like it though. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Lizard. No. How did he do with Santa? But he had a really fun time. So Yeah, he responded well to Santa. Yeah, he did. Um, I think it helped that there was a separate chair and he didn't have to sit on Santa's lap. Mm -hmm. He just got to sit next to him. But he did ask Santa like 16 times for a bluey phone, which is what he really wants. There's like this like play cell phone that's like bluey themed. Mm -hmm. And you press the buttons and you can hear Bluey talking to you. So like that's what Silas's new obsession is. So hopefully Santa will bring that for him. Hopefully yeah. Santa got the message. Big. Like the kids are about him. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. So Bluey is his favorite show. I keep no. F- funnily enough, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he actually he just really likes like um videos of um trains like metro systems from other cities. Like he'll oh, watch okay. videos of people taking the public transit train systems in like mm-hmm. japan and poland and france and <laughs> london <laughs> that's cool and, this is not and then he'll he'll like say things that sound like gibberish and then we'll mm-hmm. realize afterwards that he's phonetically saying like announcements like pa announcements oh um, yeah. yeah from like poland so he doesn't understand what he's saying he's just like making the sounds like yep. imitating the sounds oh my but god it's really funny him and my <laughs> brother will be like the best of friends yeah. <laughs> he would show him all the train my brother has he still does it but not really but when i was younger he was so into trains that yeah. he would literally sit in the living room and he will pull out his whole train set now we're not yeah. talking about regular toy trains we're talking about the actual real with the tracks oh, wow. trains yeah. and everything right so yeah, he will pull like out he will pull out his sketch pad sit in the middle of the floor and then he will sketch out the whole subway map on his own yeah. like just recreate Whoa. something That's like Silas. Yeah. and then once he has it he'll put it down and then recreate it with the trains. Wow. And then it will take it will take him like the whole day. <laughs> it literally would. But he used to do that a lot. Now, not so much. He's always on his computers a lot, mm-hmm. but I remember that used to be a thing that just had to like calm him down like his center, you know, yeah. space. So when we moved out here in Colorado, <laughs> And I was telling him, I was like, yo, we got so many train rides out here. Like, we definitely (laughs) got to do one together. So 
it yeah. is the ball of that i told him i said no we gotta do one for your birthday like we mm-hmm. have to all get on to do a train ride out here for your birthday so oh yeah um, yeah that sounds great yeah That's a good idea. yeah i mean these it's it's amazing that a lot of the um there's <laughs> so many train museums out here but i have been to one in new york but mm-hmm. out here it's more outdoors and then they have a lot more stuff for kids like right. particular train museums just for kids and then the other set of museums that are like for adults and you know things okay. of that nature yeah so i'm i'm excited because i really want to get you know get into that especially when you have a kid it's like now i'm a kid in a candy store i want to do everything <laughs> i'm like yeah like hurry up and get a little bit older so i can go ahead and do <laughs> some more things like i yeah I'm it's so nice to excited. expose them to stuff yeah Definitely. You're going to have a blast. I mean, as excited as you are now, <laughs> if you can use that excitement into them, oh my God, you're going she, to know she who the loves, bigger kid is. I mean, she loves the trains too, just like how Em is mentioned, you know, how Silas likes to repeat the stuff on PA. She'll do the same thing. She really would. Like, we'd be on a bus and she'll go ahead and try to repeat. Don't be in the, the the you know recorder the PA announcement of the stops. Yeah, I'm like okay. See now now we really gotta go. <laughs> like I really want to take you now. So Aww. yeah, that's so sweet. It's cool. Yeah. So other than we that, we did that. Uh, we did that about. What? Oh my god, I think we did that in 2015. Um, where I south of where I live, there's a whole thing called like the Strasburg Railroad. It's like in mm-hmm. um, in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. Mm-hmm. I've been and, there. The Stroudsburg Railroad is, is incredible because they'll mm. do this whole ride from the other stop at the train station. It's this historic train that will go like a distance and come back. And yeah. we got on the holiday version. We did the fall version of it. Mm. And that was incredible. It ends up back at this like, um, yeah. you get this chance of doing this like um, pumpkin farm or whatever. This mm-hmm. whole thing, like this one, this fall thing. And it was really cool, but That's just thinking cool. about it doing hot, but then that you could stay, you could do the train ride and then you could go visit the right. museum and everything and whatever. And it was really cool. I mean, That's we spent cool. like entire day there mm. and go through all the different train setups in and out of the trains and the mm-hmm. little diorama rooms and everything. But uh, yeah, I think my youngest was two at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, when the train got a little loud, she didn't like it. But other than that, she had a great time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same here. She don't like all that loud noise. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. There's no shut off. Loves it. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were sitting there in the theater. She didn't have a single problem. Really? Oh, oh man, girl. girl how how was those concerts, especially the Renaissance? Like, how is that? Um. Uh, when I saw it live, it was amazing. Um, it was such a vibe, like so much positivity, so many people in one space, um, all celebrating. So it was, it was amazing. And I got to go with one of my bestest friends ever, Scott. And, um, I love having intergenerational friendships, like friendships with people that I normally would have nothing to do with, except that I worked with this man and I love him like a fucking brother. And um, I get to learn from his wisdom and he gets to, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretend to still be in his thirties with me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Renaissance was great. You know, I'm a concert girly, so I'd be outside. Mm -hmm. Um, Who did I just see? Juvenile and um, 
Jack Harlow. Oh, nice. how was that? Jack was great. Like he's so funny and so down to earth. And um, he seems oh my so god. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you up there? I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to get to a fight with Tom tonight. <laughs> and he was like, no, you want to get on tour bus? Go ahead and get on tour bus. And I'm like, and do oh, what? Right. I, I gotta pick. I gotta take the baby to school tomorrow at 6 a.m. So, you know, this is gonna be the quickest head this young man has ever received. <laughs> but but wait, but wait. Let it be Eminem, and you be like, what kid? That's that's know. what I said. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm like, it's a Sunday night. It's Jack Harlow. Like, yeah, he's cute. But if, if it was Detroit, I, I would be gone. You'd be gone. Yep. Literally. 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 He gonna offer it because it's Jack. And he knows I'm not. I, right. I feel like I'm too old for Jack. Right. So I wouldn't right. even try. But Eminem, on the other hand, he's oh my God. very much... We're and all and in he that. would make it a big thing and we'd be fighting. Nope. Oh, it would turn into a thing. Even oh though he God. knows exactly what it means. Like, <laughs> if there's even a small percentage chance that right. I get to go into that tour bus, like, good night. I, I don't know how you're getting home. Don't um, even worry. Uh, maybe you'll, you'll catch <laughs> Maybe you'll call a friend. Maybe Brad will come get you. You know, maybe your sister will come. Like, I don't know who's coming for you. Oh, I have to go. I've been right. summoned. Yeah. I have a calling. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Yeah, I've seen any recently. Juvie was great. Project Cat was amazing. Mm. Like, it was so cool to get to see, like, all those people that we grew up listening to. Mm -hmm. I'm like, these tickets should have been way more expensive than $50. Mm. Uh, We had a great time. Um, Yeah, so that was cool. I don't have a whole lot going on again until um, January. Um, I'll be going to see Ronnie Chang. Is she okay? (laughs) (laughs) Did she it's just polka. Okay. She just, you know, know, the hardest way to do everything. You know it. I you just big ass. There were a hundred ways to get down onto the carpet to pick up whatever fell. And we got to do it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. We saw Maria uh, Junior. Um... Just everything the hardest way possible. Like, <laughs> there's a different way. Not, not around here, there ain't. So we'll be going to see Santa next weekend. Oh, good. Uh, this weekend we came up to help Aunt G out. Yes, they've been a great help. I doubt Aww. it. But <laughs> I have been trying my ass off to be effective at something. I don't know if I've been successful. <laughs> right. I'd be feeling that way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something that I really needed help with. Yeah, I'm trying, but I, you know, I also don't know where everything goes. Yeah, you know, that's fine. I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm probably put shit in the wrong spot. It's fine. Yeah, I, I've lived in my house for 12 years, and I don't know where anything goes. I'm always. <laughs> I get the you have lived here how long? How long? This where? And I'm like, <sighs> stop. Don't stop. worry. My <laughs> husband is the same way. It's okay. <laughs> we just let it go. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not be like, one day you're going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that all the time. Honey, where's my mm-hmm. ridiculous? 
I'm the finder in my family. I know where everything is. I actually have like a, I have a very weird, like almost supernatural ability to like tell where something is. Like if something's missing, I'm like, oh, I feel like it's in this room. And like, yep. sure enough, like it will no, be. Me, you, M, we're the same way. No, and I like, know where everything is. Mm -hmm. The most dramatic example like of this, <laughs> the most dramatic <laughs> example of this was Sarah was looking for her passport. It was the year she got sick. And so her family really wanted to see her. So they they all chipped in to get her uh, a trip to Australia from November, the end of November to the end of December. And so she it was like a couple of weeks before she was supposed to leave and she couldn't find her passport. It wasn't in any of the normal like we have like a designated place where we normally keep those kinds of important documents and it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So she is slipping out. She spent the entire day tossing the house, like literally going through every single nook and cranny of our house where it might be and it. she even texted me like sort of wow. bitterly she was like i'm freaking out i can't find my passport of course you're gonna come home from work and you're gonna find it in five minutes yeah so i walk through the door of yep. our apartment come on. i go into a closet i open up one of our purses and i pull out her passport oh my god <laughs> Uh, like you. I hate was that like two minutes. I know. If I was here, <laughs> I would have been pissed. You just yeah. in. I'm the same I'm way. Like, I'm, I'm the grateful. same way. I'm grateful that somebody can do that. But she was probably yeah. on the verge of tears all day. She yeah. was. She was completely right. flipping out. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so bad in my house that I'm the mom who always loses stuff. I would literally, my daughter <laughs> and my spouse actually now have sound effects. Mm -hmm. oh, like wow. if they walk they walk around all of a sudden they go womp, 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 womp. I'm like ah! <laughs> <laughs> they'll just see me pacing around the house and they automatically know that mama has lost something oh. or mama has forgotten something and right. so yeah I'll be the one who will lose it or forget it I have to go to a concert one time and I realized I get all the way down there forgot to load my horn in the car mm. come back get driveway half of the neighborhood I forgot the music I had to come oh back the third time, but I forgot something about that time. My kids are in the family room, and they are laughing their asses off. Yeah, oh my God. and they're like, "You this again?" I'm like, "Shut up, both of you!" Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Oh man, that's crazy. Well, I just yeah. want to say thank you for meeting and hanging out with me. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite thing this year about Star Wars? Because G's got to go at like seven. Yeah. Okay. We can keep going, but yeah, can go. I just have. But she problem. has something going on. Yeah. Oh, well, go ahead, G. Oh, well, my favorite thing about Star Wars, I don't know. There wasn't, nothing really jumped out at me. Yeah. Did Mando come out this year? Yeah, it did. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably Mando. Okay. That was probably my favorite. Since I didn't, Ahsoka. I I guess I watched it vicariously through you and <laughs> all the other podcasts. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. I don't think I'm going to watch it, though. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. And that was it? Yeah. 
I'd have to say it's a toss-up because, I mean, I'm a huge Thrawn fan. I mean, Thrawn's my boy. Thrawn's my forever dom. And so ah! it's like when Lars Mikkelsen, just the, the announcement of him doing Thrawn was like, oh, my God. That, you know, and it was amazing to sit with people who didn't hear him in Rebels and go, man, there's something about him. as a, You know, and I'm just like, yeah, people are learning right. about mm-hmm. just you know, because I've read almost every book, you know, every thinking print about him. Yeah. And just to see that live action and that mm-hmm. presence and just the way that Lars Mikkelsen portrayed him was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then also, I'm a huge Bo-Katan fan. Mm-hmm. And yes. we to see in season three, the arc of her character and how yeah. she, as much as she wanted leadership, in the end, she actually got it, but went a different way around to get it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, come on, more screen time with the two of them. I mean, I'm not going to go wrong with that. So right. um, I, I never thought we would see that. No, no. In um, years. What about the yeah. rest of you? Like I said, I think it was a toss up, but there's new skeleton crews coming. I mean, I know it's going to be delayed a little bit, but. When know, is that coming? They said in um, the early year. 2024 because the Acolyte has to come out at the end of 2024 because it's it's the way that Skeleton Crew is supposed to set up Heir to the Empire. Oh. And then the Acolyte is just the, it's like like a prequel, but kind of like the ending of the High Republic. That's correct. So it has to come out in that order. Like nothing else can, you know, happen in between. So skeleton crew, I believe, is anywhere might see something anywhere from like February, March or something. But if it was February, there would have been something out by now. Yeah, we would have a trailer trailer or something. But um, I thought it got pushed into the end of 24, beginning of 25. Oh, did it? Okay. So because either way. Probably because the writing strike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Either either way, it has to come out in that order because then they have to do the heir to the empire, the whole trilogy of the movies. I haven't read it yet, so I gotta read that next year, the heir to the empire. But I did read the other the thrones. I I was actually pleasantly surprised by the portrayal of Mickelson as Thrawn and then yeah. it started to dawn on me like he still has the essence and then I was like well we still have to realize like that was years that you know from the time of Rebels all the way till now but I do have to say it was it was so good and refreshing and he still has it. Like that voice is menacing. Like the things that was coming out of his mouth, like when it got deeper into Ahsoka and he was really, he was saying some stuff. I was like, Oh yeah. Like I got to clutch my visible damn pearls for this. one. Like (laughs) he was going. And I'm like, if you didn't catch it, it's like, it would have just went over your head because to me, you do have to watch rebels to really understand how menacing and how determined and how psychologically of a villain 
that he is. is See, I, I, I disagree with that. I don't think Thrawn is a villain. No, no, he's not. Because if you do read the Thrawn books, you would see and understand as to why he does what he does. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like he has, he got away with just saying things and then a way of doing things. And because of his decisions, makes him look like a villain. Yeah, I agree when you find out what his real reason is for doing the things that he does, he's almost like Anakin turned to Darth Vader a little bit, which is one of the reasons why if you haven't read Thrawn Alliance, you really wouldn't even understand that whole dynamic of him meeting him when he was Anakin and then him meeting meeting him again when he was Darth Vader, which I think that's, that's right. That's so Doesn't he? He's in on it. He yeah. met Anakin in the Ascendancy series as well. So if you didn't read the books, right. like that whole, he's looking at the data pad for Morgan Elspeth. Mm-hmm. He looks down, he pauses, and she goes, Anakin Skywalker was her master? Right. That pause. Like, if you didn't mm-hmm. watch I me, mean, watching Rebels doesn't give you no, the it behind that pause. But the mm-hmm. book knowing he knew him from both Anakin and Vader. Mm-hmm. Like he's the only motherfucker who could tease Vader. He taunted Vader. He yeah. Like, like he just kept throwing those little jabs. Like when we would do stuff together, mm-hmm. and Vader would just get pissy. Like Timoth- yeah. when Timothy Zahn writes Vader, Vader's a you know penchant little bitch. Mm-hmm. And yep. And he just he's not does not write well. He just does not write this Vader as a brat. But it was okay. just neat to see. Mm-hmm. That that pause, and yeah. then even after, right before he jumped in the hyperspace, it's like maybe this is a perfect place for you know what's a Ronin, such as yourself. But I'm like, mm-hmm. damn. You but know, even that just, that mm-hmm. big that big part where he was like, oh, so that means that she's gonna have some unpredictable moves, and it was the same thing as his as her master. I was like. We're getting it. We're getting it. We're getting it. I almost cried. Yeah. Yeah. Like I almost cried hearing that because I'm like, yo, because that book to me, Alliance and Ascendancy, because the Ascendancy, that tie-in is a tie-in to the mission that he did with with him in Alliance and Mm -hmm. that whole bit. And just remember, like he met Padme too. Oh, wow. I didn't know. They rescued Padme. Anakin and Thrawn Anakin, yeah. worked together on a worked planet to rescue Padme. To rescue Padme. Mm-hmm. Of course and they, they and they had their conversation. They had a one-on-one conversation. They had their own little side conversations. Uh Padme wow. and Thrawn. And then um wow. and then he's she ultimately they really embedded that character, did you? Yeah. No, like Timothy Zahn did a fantastic job with what he was given. Like he understood the assignment and he just took it up another notch. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if you're to me, I think you really should be reading. If I'm not mistaken, like Heir to the Empire is kind of like first. That trilogy is first. Then I really think you should read the Ascendancy trilogy next. Yes. And then read the Thrawn trilogy because the Thrawn trilogy really wasn't meant to be a trilogy. It just so happened that they made him turn it into a trilogy because it's kind of like 
a standalone. But yeah, it's is it was so good. I really enjoyed it, and I would have to say probably like I think we've had like kind of like sad times for the Star Wars for this year because of the passing with Ray Stevenson. Yeah. And just the, so um, yeah, it was like really sad. But then on the up, you did have um, Hayden Christensen like literally knocking it out of the park, being, you know, coming back to reprise the role. And then just to go through this whole writer's strike and everything for everything to have to be pushed back mm-hmm. and everything because the way... Yep. You know, the way is, way is happening, man, this this world. I don't know. I'd have to say Ray Stevenson was probably one of the highlights because yeah, he's he's so good. He, he, did, he well, could say we'll one word, you know. You know he stole every scene. Or, you know, it just, he mm-hmm. could say one word. And like, but, but to me, like when Ahsoka first met him, Mm-hmm. When she pulled that out, you know, she pulled out her lightsaber, and you could see that look of disgust on his face. And he's like, oh, that mm-hmm. sigh, and like, how right. inevitable. Like, that to me, just that, such a simplistic form of acting, but the way that he conveyed the emotion. Yeah, so the strength, strength. the mm-hmm. power, the mm-hmm. experience. And so, like, it only is, I'm, it's, Two things. One, Ray, you know, Ray Stevenson, you know, wasn't able to see how much people would fall in love with him. Literally. And we know right. he did Guardians of the, you know, he did other, you know, he's done other things, you know, the Thor movies and all the other stuff. But I think yeah, I this one him. really shed more of a light on mm-hmm. his, I think, more of his classical training, too. Because yeah. I think to be a Star Wars actor, mm-hmm. you really have to dig down deep. Mm-hmm. In your in you more in, in your theatrical presence because the lines are so important as compared mm-hmm. to any Marvel franchise. Mm-hmm. And I um, always he was say Alec Guinness. He was, yeah. but I do yeah. have I have to say this. I have followed Ray Stevenson for the longest time. He was one oh. of the original Punishers. Yeah, yes. yes. no, yeah, he was. Yep. So first it was um, Lundgren. If I'm not mistaken, uh, forgot that guy's name, but he was in the Expendables. Yeah, uh, Joel yeah. Yes, and then I believe after that it was the dude from Highlander. Yes, oh, it was. Yeah. I can't think of his name. Yeah, Patrick but I know he's something. talking about. I know he's talking. And then about. next thing you know, Ray Stevenson <laughs> did did the um, Punisher after that. So. Um, then he was in G.I. Joe. Now, before the G.I. Joe, I remember I'm a huge fan of Dexter. Okay, work. Mm-hmm. When the Trinity Killer came out, obviously that was the best season because John Lithgow killed yeah. it. Oh he my gosh, he is so but, creepy. I could never see him do anything ever again. Ever again. But the next season, it was Ray Stevenson and he played the hitman. That no, I'm promise you, not everybody knows that, but he played a gay hitman, mm-hmm. so yeah. he was there to kill Dexter because Dexter had killed his partner, mm-hmm. and that whole like the psychological um, fighting of it before the kill. Ha- I mean, that one was flawless, and that's where you actually see the same type of acting that he did in Ahsoka. He did in that 
that whole season. Like to me, that was probably the second best season of Dexter for me. And then mm-hmm. I saw him in G.I. Joe. Uh, what part was he in G.I. Joe? He was in the second, the retaliation one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he only had like a real quick five minute, you know, back and yeah. forth with him and Bruce, Bruce Willis, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I followed him for a very long time. So hearing him to actually become, you know, in the Star Wars franchise, I was so excited. And then I literally cried when I found out that he passed away. Cause oh. I'm like, that just did something to me because not everybody knew who he was. Not everybody knew his background. Not everybody right. knew like what kind of an impact he's really made throughout the years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I knew he was going to bring it for Star Wars. Like, I mean, the minute that he came on screen and he had his nice little Vader moment mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, honey, like, please, where? Give me more. And then just to see yeah. him act Every scene that he was in, to me, I feel like he stole it. He stole the scenes. He stole every part of it. And it's going to be difficult because clearly at the end of the season, you see that he's got his own particular journey that he's supposed to follow. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do for the next next season. But it will be interesting which direction they decide to go. Mm Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. hope that they, you know, honor him in a good light to make sure that, you know, whatever they do, they will do it with with grace because he was. I think Filoni will do that. I think yeah. Filoni is that type oh, of yeah. person where he will, he'll, he'll do right. He'll, yeah. he'll do right by Ray's legacy. Right. And, I mean, so here's the question. Should he be recast? I don't know. If if the journey, if it serves the purpose of the story, I say go for it. There will be this, there's always someone that can hold it. You just have to find a person that can actually hold it next to them. It can happen. If you feel if he feels that that particular journey doesn't correlate to the story or can just be written out, so that way the whole focus can just be on the whole throne and you know, mm-hmm. everything else, then go for it. It's just whichever way they decide, you're going to have to make it seem like it never happened if you plan on doing it. Like that whole, you know, his particular journey. But if you are, just find an actor that can actually, you know, pull it off. I'm sure there's one that can, you know. Go, I think at least infusing in the whole Mortis arc, Mortis arc. You know the whole Mortis gods at the end. Yes. I mean, they're gonna have to. Right. They're gonna yes. have to find yeah. a way to continue on. I mean, yeah. I thought we would see Mortis. I really did. <laughs> um, I think Ahsoka was my favorite thing about 2023, for so many reasons. Like it came out on my daughter's birthday. Like Ahsoka <laughs> got to sit down and actually like watch her show. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, she was the most popular kid in school. That <laughs> I believe that it. whole fan <laughs> like was a Soka season. You know, she ate good. You know, there was some lightsaber action. Um, Santa may or may not be bringing lightsabers, white ones. Um, so, I, I, 
it was just, it was a great time for me, not only as a fan, but as a mom, you know, watching my daughter get to enjoy this, you know, cause it's something that's specifically like made for us. You know, mm-hmm. I love it. Congratulations to Dave on his promotion. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Well deserved and long overdue. Right. He probably was already doing it. Right. (laughs) Right. And he's one of those people that he doesn't do it for the money anyway. Like he does it because he He literally loves loves it. Mm. He does. There's no one I think can better pick up the mantle from George than Dave. But you know what I have to say though? I just, we went out and we had a, my spouse had a, bought a job um, for the holidays, mm-hmm. rented out these, this movie theater for two whole days. Oh. So we could go see whatever we want. And so once again, we decided to go see Elf as a part of a holiday tradition. That's and you realize that big old name just shows up on the screen, John Favreau. Yeah. And I have to say that as much as Dave is important, I think. John Favreau is probably one of the most underrated names in entertainment. The amount of creativity Tippity. that is mm-hmm. creativity that's for, coursing through that man's veins mm-hmm. to do little things. But for what him and Dave have done together to bring the Mandalorian to light, mm-hmm. you know, and you, know, they, you saw the interviews between John and Dave. They said, imagine your older siblings got all the good Star Wars toys. And you were right. left with the shit. This is what we made the Mandalorian out of. And yeah. I've seen how both of them, between the history and their childhood and just that love of the franchise, mm-hmm. that I think they are both are going to be just key to pushing the franchise yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a testament to how he, like, let's not forget, because John Favreau is the reason why Marvel is where they are right now. Absolutely. The directing of the Iron Man movies. And, and for like him that. to even, yeah, and for him to even pick Robert Downey Jr. after all the stuff that he went through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was so determined to be like, yo, like, this is what you need to do. So we're going to do it. And that's that. So it's the same, it's the same effect that he has with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, The Mandalorian, because just hearing him talk about how he brought it to life. Is insane. Like it's mm-hmm. just so simple for him, mm-hmm. and then he just goes ahead and just takes like just the scraps, and that that ultimately, if you really think about it, with the Iron Man, just remember he took scraps and just yes. made it into something, and That's it's it. the same thing with the Mandalorian. He just went ahead and took scraps and just made it into something. It's insane. Well, that so first um, roundtable when they were talking about it, like the can- the, the yeah. Will Row Hood, the, the, the Cantona. Yeah. And how they were excited to bring that little that thing. That damn ice cream maker. Yeah. That damn mm-hmm. ice cream maker. They they were so excited to start make, bringing those like old school connections into. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, you, like, you'll see it at every con. There will be somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> somebody <laughs> got that thing. Yeah. And that was before Mando. That was before Mando. Now okay. it's become a thing. Now it's a lounge fly purse. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like that's that's a direct connect back. I need one. I need one of those lounge fly purses. I want one. <laughs> I was like, okay, work. 
Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. It was a while ago. It was a while ago, but I think I remember seeing that. I was like, okay, work. I know that they turned Nicole Kidman into a lounge fly first. Really? Like you know um, that the her like speech that she gives at at the beginning of every AMC. We come to the oh yeah oh yeah why like they turned her suit into like a into a purse oh god oh oh no feels good in a place like this I oh my god life is full of choices right that's a choice yeah somebody made a choice I mean I I mean apparently gay people love it. Yeah, I just apparently it's very like it's, it's become they? a meme within the <laughs> queer community. Okay, work. Let's so <laughs> turn Nicole Kidman into a suit slash bag. All right, they'll, they'll make anything. Apparently, I mean, good mm-hmm. lord, right? Loungefly will get your dollar. They will. <laughs> they will find a way. Right. Exactly. Get that dollar bill. Exactly. Oh wow. It's funny, like I mean, I never see like most of these stuff when they were released. Like I find all the lounge fly purses, all these resellers sites and everything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And so I found someone who didn't realize what they were doing, but I got one of the um I keep wanting to call them the Coruscant guard, the stormtrooper with the red trim on them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one of the lounge fly bags that the neat little side pockets on the side and that way. And I think someone like it for like I got it for like twenty five bucks. What? Yeah, that's a fucking yeah. deal. And that's I was wild. like, oh. yeah, you look inside. You know like, how much oh, they yeah. sell for? Yeah, that person did not know what that was worth. No, no, no. 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 And wow. Target ones, the Target yeah. Bo-Katan ones that I love it, but doesn't have the cool little pockets on the side yeah. and whatever. Yeah. It's not as mm-hmm. made as well. But yeah, so I'm like lounge fly, I'm like you sneaky bastard. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like it's yeah, take my money now. Um, right. But you know, but but think like things like John and Dave. What they've been able to do is bring out the little obscure things from their childhood and our mm-hmm. memories, and putting it forward and just seeing how it's just taking on a whole new you okay? life. Mm-hmm. Like this character here was wearing this from the initial Kenner release and all of this and whatever, and it's like right. they are so nerding out over this. And the new people is like, oh, okay, this is something new. But the longtime people are like, ooh, they start making all the connections and stuff. And it's just, it's amazing that it's the fan service, but it's also just that fresh and the newness at the same time. So like, like Dave, I'm glad. I mean, I'm happy that that Dave is doing, uh, it's been given more and more responsibility. Mm -hmm. I mean, that episode five of Ahsoka was freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the cinematography. Come on. Hands down, I would have loved to see it in the perfect. theater. I that wanted to see that in the theater perfect. so bad. The fact that they went ahead and kept to all the elements of Rebels, <laughs> so like just seeing, seeing the uh, the starship, the throne starship, and seeing the whole like damage of what uh, Ezra did by getting all the whales, the yeah. purple whales, and the destruction of this ship, and then. Yeah. I was like, wow, like the attention to detail in it was absolutely amazing. But literally, I think for me, mm-hmm. the world between the world between worlds, I literally 
literally had tears coming out of my eyes. Same. And, uh, Same. and my, and wait, oh, no, and my daughter, no way. yo, like, my daughter was like, mommy, why are you crying? I was like, because I never thought I would ever see this day. Like, and she's like, oh, mommy. And then she gives me a hug. I'm like, thank you. I just, I needed this in my life. And just to see Anakin. And then when she saw him, she was like, mommy, Anakin. And I was like, good. But don't yeah. tell her, don't tell her that he's Darth Vader because she'd be like, no, no, that's okay. this one, it kind of already got spoiled. What did you think from a cinematography standpoint, the transition? Because if you think earlier, the transition into the world between worlds where she's yes. laying in the water, yeah, and then the transition yeah. out. Like, I when I saw that and I, I kept saying, I was like, oh, okay. So this is more like, um, like a baptism, like a Christian, <laughs> like yeah. she needed to, because remember how, when we had, we had talked about this. Cause Maria, you was saying like, you know, Rosario don't look like she's capturing the soca that we yes, they know were and love. And you, it. and I kept telling you, I said, you have to remember she was very young when she was put into that war and mm. she lost all of those clone troopers. So then everything that happened with her and then with her with her master and then dealing with, because uh, now we know she was sitting up there trying to train um, Sabine, yeah. everything, all of that grief, that loss, that, that there was no happiness because she wasn't happy. She didn't grieve properly. You know, she just kept on doing and doing and doing How instead of just, there was no you time. know, there was no time. There was so literally no time. Literally like her being in the water, I was like, that's, that's good. She needs mm -hmm. that. She needed to baptize herself, get rid of all of that, that hate, that grief that she was going through. Mm -hmm. But the only way to do that is if she stands up against her master and she has to let all of that go. So mm -hmm. to replay all of it from the Clone Wars to, um, to me, I think it should have been more with the Clone Wars because it was very intentional that they come out with the Clone Wars uh, final season and for her to actually see that her and Rex had to go through that all by themselves and he said, I'm not killing my, my brothers. And she said, I'm not killing them either. In other words, they're going to kill themselves. She I'm was so stoic them. as an adult because that's what right. trauma is all about. It and is so, a like, trauma. Amazing. When she came mm -hmm. with Soka the White and just that when she went over and hugged, you know, hugged Jason. And right. all of us, you could see that that burden was lifted Left off of right her. Off. Because mm -hmm. she was so worried about. Yeah her being Anakin and the um, legacy because yeah. that was important he was saying well this is your legacy but why do I have to follow this legacy why does it always have to lead to death why right. is it always that we have to follow as if we're always you know soldiers we're right. not soldiers we're peacemakers and then Absolutely. he's like he's like but this is the world that we live in so, you know, you could yeah. take it and be it. Realistic. Yeah. Right. He was being realistic. And so just for her to um, to literally confront him about it and then to confront him in the Vader form. 
because she had to confront him in the Vader form. Mm -hmm. And that right there, I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere because in order for her to even literally end this, she has to confront what he became. And that's where you have to make the choice of what part of this life, this legacy you want to go for, which path are you going to take? Are you going to go down this path that I took or are you going to go down this path and try to create your own legacy and be better than what I became? And I was, I mean, I cried. Like that whole scene of him, like Hayden Christensen needed this redo (laughs) for sure. Yeah, he needed it. Ahsoka needed it. But I feel like the direction was really what made that whole scene work Mm -hmm. Um, because they were able to convey years of what was going on on the Clone Wars Mm -hmm. in just literal exchanges of looks on the actors' faces. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just straight up and down the magic of Dave Filoni. Right. Um, Ahsoka was probably my favorite thing of the entire year, and Visions was a close second. Yes. Visions. Oh my God, Visions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was. Incredible. Reach and some of those were just. Mm-hmm. They really did it. They really did it. I mean, they. This was something, aside from the, the first mm-hmm. season, I really think they upped the bar. With this second oh, yeah. and it it open, opening it up more, absolutely. Because the whole idea, and I think we really, I think a lot of people keep forgetting, is that Star Wars is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And come on, come on, say it everybody again. needs to be represented, mm-hmm. and they represented everybody. Yeah, yes. yes. and that's extremely yes. hard to do, right? How did Star Wars? relate to other cultures mm-hmm. and other you know and other visions you know like we're so we get so sucked into as hardcore fans what's canon what's not canon what fits in mm-hmm. and we lose our senses about art you know what is art like as an artist what does star wars mean to you mm-hmm. and we saw this when the pre the wallace and gromit people to you know, company uh, animation companies from now more than outside of Japan, but just right. you know more of a global sense of just what does Star Wars mean? It's like it's like the essay. What does Star Wars mean to you? Yeah, right. and that's what we saw. And mm-hmm. you know, the one with the artist and the light and the dark oh, and like that one. Yeah, wow, wow, really so beautiful. They start off strong with that one. They really did. They sort of strong with like that one. Dialectical behavioral therapy at its mm-hmm. finest. That there is a place for both, and they will in turn help create something beautiful within you. Yep. And love you. Bye. The one um, he's leaving. Oh, bye, G. Hey, bye, bye, G. G. Bye, G. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for playing. Have fun. Um, the 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 one um, with the brother and taking the little sister in Morocco. I thought that one was really beautiful because in the end, then you see she's like, she's looking at the old lady and didn't even. No, I think they both was looking at the old lady and didn't realize that this old lady was a Jedi. Like it was just so stunning. The colors were just so beautiful. I I mean, 
even the mother who had to give her child up mm. and was a dancer, like that was so beautifully stunning. And I love how, and I always keep saying this, like the sound editing is sick. Like if you don't have good sound editing to really drive your stories home, it's not going to work. They have been so literally so good at bringing these stories to life with the music, the sound editing and everything. And I mean, it was just so absolutely stunning. The colors were just so vibrant. Even the very last one, I forgot the last one, the title of that one, but just like the animation of it was just so beautiful. And it was the song that was um, what connected her oh, to the forest. Oh, I'm like, she's all the purified, all the crystals. And yes. And, uh, oh, God, like, yeah, they 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 did their thing. I don't know what mm-hmm. they're gonna do for the the third one, but I I'm sure they're gonna they'll figure Kill it out. It. Yeah, they'll do Same it. Same as this one. Yeah. Yeah, and I in. It's also a great way to like, okay, well, we already done the Japanese version of this. We already done where we included everybody. All right, so now what are we going to do for this next one? Now it's just more like thinking outside the box. What do you think? What do you think that they'll do? Like, what do you suggest? I still want them. There's a story from that first season. There's a story that I felt like needed a continuation and it was the what was it the father and the daughter and i believe the father was the one who um made the lightsabers and he told his daughter to you know run off because they were out there to get him and yeah the ninth jedi thank you um i think that that story needs to continue and that one kind of ended very very abruptly out of all of them i thought that one needed continuation as far as like for the what they could do for the visions three hey find other artists from somewhere else like give other people more chances and find out what they want to tell for their story if it works out then go ahead and bring that bring their story to life i think this is just their way of Let's give other people the chance to mm-hmm. showcase their stories. So I think yeah. they'll continue to do that in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shoot, you never know. Like one of them will probably be on the mainstream of TV and, and the movies of Star Wars. You know, you just never know. But I I think I want some more. I want some more like diversity. I need something with, with more you know do something where uh disables that's you know? what i was thinking our differently abled brothers and sisters i think be- this would be a great time to give them a platform maybe with sign language or another form of communication i was know? thinking with M because of her son being autistic believe it or not i really think that autistic kids are very smart it's just their brain is just not like it just moves too fast. There has to be some type of way to kind of channel in on their their genius. There really are. It's just silently there. 
It's just nobody is able to tap into that. If you could use that in Star Wars as a force, come on. <laughs> because you can use colors, you can use song, you can use anything. You know, mm. I think that's just... what's so important about Sabine. Like, because of that, um, like being a thing in Star Wars now that Jedi's aren't always like, you know. Anakin was just one of many Jedi, you know, and uh, different force connections. I think there's a world where we could definitely have something like that now mm -hmm. with yeah. a different type of, of force user. I think that would be beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What about you, Des? What do you think? I'm trying to think of like what other type of visual media could could be used. Mm -hmm. um i mean like i i i was totally in love with that one i am your mother um based off the wallace and gromit i thought it was funny um i mean i'm not a, a, not gaga over wallace and gromit but i just want to see more i want to see different different types of animation you had the claymation and you mm -hmm. have this like keep pushing the boundaries of of the visual medium being used mm-hmm I mean, the story that's good and what you're talking about, that is, you know, those those are all things that are great, but what other styles of animation can be used? I mean, look at the Ronin one that happened. You know, look yeah. at the one, I am your mother. You know, look at the use of just different, just different ways of getting the story across. So um, I, I would just like to see what else they could do. Um, yeah. I mean, I like to see more music involved. I mean, as a musician, I mean, like the one that she was singing and different, you know, the yeah. musical aspect of the force, like do something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, turn into Star Wars rock, you know, look at, look at the, um, the one with the band. Um, he was a hut, um, the one Jedi J or whatever his name was, they, they did the band. Yeah. Yeah, was that the like the Bohemian Rhapsody type? Of, are we talking about that from the season one or the season season two? one? Season one. Yes. Season one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was called. Um, it was the Tatooine Rhapsody. Tatooine Rhapsody. There we go. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like just with music of it. Like I would just like to see more. You know what's like you know when, when Andor came out, I was the dork in the last episode. I'm like, ooh, look, brass band instruments. Um, in, you know, in episode eight, you know, like, oh, you're like, I can say that's a cornet, that's an E flat alto, that's this. Like, right. I want to see more the musical side of Star Wars. So if you're going to bring okay. in different animation styles, what can you do to make it more musical? Right. And I think they even touch on that in the High Republic, you know, where you have Avar Chris, and she's really the only one out of all of them that uses the Force as a song. Like if she doesn't hear the song, it's uh or I should say if the song is distorted, then she knows there's something wrong. If is if everyone is coming together, then she can feel the song take you know, take control and she feels even more uh powerful, feels more strength when she has that, yeah. And um just even when you said that, just even reading the eye of darkness and to hear her say how the how the force is just very distorted and she's trying to like mellow out 
you know, trying to find that control and connect with other Jedis and just feeling like everything is just all, all over the place because of what, what is going on currently. And I think that could be something that they can actually show as a live action to really just show how someone can actually, you know, tap into the force, but tapping it into as if it was a song that was building them up, you know, to give them that strength. So, yeah, I I really like amazing. That's Mm -hmm. an amazing concept that I wasn't aware of. But I mean, like the music of of Star Wars is so iconic anyway. It's almost a damn character itself. Yeah. Well, look at the music of Sabine. Look at that. It's that Japanese-styled music when Sabine was on. Oh, my God. It was so fucking good. The music that they had when they first did the reveal of Sabine was just incredible. I'm like, this is is it. Like, yes. Thank you. Even Ahsoka's theme, I I keep I said that on my podcast. Like, I will keep saying again: if you don't listen to that and hear the depths of what she had went through, yeah, it's there. You, it's a very it's deep there. song. Come on, um, Kevin Kiner. Thank you. The Kiner's fucking knocked it out of the park. Literally, literally. Kevin Kiner is just standing up on oh. the desk. <laughs> like literally. No. Like I can't even listen to it without even shedding a tear because in in there you can hear like the grief and just the, the depression of it. Like it's just so it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful song, literally beautiful. And then he brought over Thrawn, Thrawn's theme as well. That's, oh that, that, my oh, god! That, that, just pounding on that just that full organ and just letting yeah. all the stops out and just oh, but yeah. She, that's the other thing. It's the musical side of Star Wars mm-hmm. that I would, I'd like to delve more into it. Mm-hmm. You know, the music as a force, you know, the music mm-hmm. and the force combined together. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. This is what you see, what also is part of what you hear. And so, oh God, I mean, we could talk about, all day about the songs. Uh, I'm literally. Uh, <laughs> and what, what do about you, you um, yeah. Yeah. What about me? What 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 do I think about? Oh, like, I mean, did I didn't get I didn't get see? yeah, like I didn't I didn't get to talk about what I was most excited about this year. Oh, yeah, and it ahead. but it was it was Visions too, which you guys oh, okay. already mentioned. <laughs> so so. Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no worries. Um yeah, like that was it was so extraordinary for so many of the reasons that you pointed out. I mean, and I, I truly loved how so many of the studios were encouraged to take styles from their cultural traditions like how the french studio did an art nouveau style animation like that was such a treat for me and i just loved it so much and i loved what a meditation sith was about creativity and art and about that role in people's inner lives and yeah like Mm -hmm. screechers reach was just chilling but in the best way and yeah it was it was um yeah, it was just such a treat and I, I loved it so much. Yeah. Um 
And yeah, like for what I want to see, I mean, yeah, like I want to see more weird Star Wars. I want to see them explore like the spiritual stuff more, you know, like as you guys were alluding to with the, you know, like with different ways of portraying a connection to the force in force users. And, but I mean, we got a taste of that, obviously, with Ahsoka, with seeing so much from the Night Sisters, which was just... I loved every minute of that, like A plus plus. It was one of my favorite things about the series. Literally, you know, like I love it when Star Wars is spooky and weird. I love meeting Night Sisters, and I like how one of the things I appreciate is like I know that you know in Clone Wars and in Ahsoka, the Night Sisters have been portrayed as very sinister, but I also like how the Jedi um, survivor you know, how the, how the franchise has, you know, complicated that with the portrayal of Marin, who is, I mean, like, she's not ambivalent about her identity as a night sister. Like she embraces mm -hmm. that. She names Literally. herself as that. She carries the power of the night sisters and yet she is a powerful ally mm -hmm. and a loyal and brave companion. Mm -hmm. So I really like the sort of complicating of Night Sisters of not making them straight up villains and right. not being like, oh, you know, like if you see a, you know, if you see a Night Sister, you automatically know she's a baddie. It's like, no, it's it's more complex than that. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that, and I really hope that that continues to be explored. Mm -hmm. Wait, now with Asajj Ventress, I mean, when I read the uh, Count Dooku, she really was anti-hero-ish in a way right. <laughs> yeah like i mean can yeah. we really even in, even in the um clone wars like when i was watching she's more of a cat woman yeah like, well honey are we really trying to figure out what side you really on because you you really trying to stray away because to me count dooku he was straight like he knew where he needed to go with that embroidered robe you really think that's a straight <laughs> No, meaning sure about like, that? he was straight in knowing what he needed to get to. Like oh, he okay. had an end goal with a side. That's a man she, who's been to a bathhouse a time. I'm ago. I'm pretty sure he has. Period. <laughs> but okay. with, with a side, I think she handle. was literally like doing the double the double teaming thing, like you know the double agent. Oh, I'm sure I he has. So when I <laughs> keep going, when I read read Count Dooku, I was like, "Oh man, your character is very flawed." In that sense, that we don't know which side are we getting, and mm -hmm. she doesn't even know either. You know what I mean? Like she just like she's very confused in a way, but kind of misunderstood. But then mm -hmm. when we see her in in Clone Wars, where she's her and Ahsoka is like going back and forth, I'm like. Okay, you're a little misunderstood, which is the reason why Ahsoka can't really trust you right now. Like, what, what are we doing? So when I see Marin, and I when I read Battle Scars, I was like, okay, she definitely knows the path that she wants to take. Like, she knows she wants to be with Cal. She knows she wants to be doing good. All right. Now we're we're getting somewhere. Now, is there a possibility that she could just veer off onto the evil side at some point? 
but not Marin, no, never, okay. not Marin, no. But it, you know, because they just seem to be like going back and forth. You know, her and Cal. I'm just saying yeah. they kind of like go back and forth, biting each other's heads a little bit in the um book. But it's I do, true. I do agree that Marin just knows exactly where she wants. She knows that this is this is the night sister thing is something that she has. It just doesn't really define her in a way, if that makes sense. Is she in this timeline, to be honest? Is she in the Ahsoka timeline? I don't know. Do we know that if, like, say if they wanted to include her (laughs) in this, is she in this timeline? Is that Ahsoka? I don't know. No, well, she would be, she would be quite old. So that means her and Cal would be older? Yes. Yeah. I actually did the, I actually, I'm a nerd and I did the math on this because I actually wrote Cal into one of my sequel era fix. And he would be like in his 70s. Ooh. Really? During the sequel. Papa. Yeah. Papa. All right. Now, with. Em has to take her call though. Oh, go ahead. I want her to go ahead and have the chance to step away if she wants to. And okay. then we can start closing whenever Kita's got her thought closed. If you guys are cool or if you want to go, <laughs> yeah. it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm I mean, my for a <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll wait. Yeah. I'm so, just what have you been to... reading? What about books this year? Let's talk about book form. Oh, my God. For Star okay. Like, what have we been reading this year? Lord, I done read everything. Uh... <laughs> I just, it felt like it. Yeah, no, because for my channel, I got to read, you know, I'm reading all these different types of books. And yeah, so in between, I include the Star Wars. And that's just because, you know, how they're, um, the new releases of some of their books is kind of like out sporadically, you know, dipping and dabbing. So I was able to um, finish. I was actually, I did really good the, uh, last month. I was able to read The Princess and the Scoundrel. Finally, I finished that. Didn't really like it too much. Um, The Eye of Darkness, I did love. Mm -hmm. Rise of the Red Blade, I actually enjoyed. No, stop right there. Stop Uh right there. I just finished it. You did? Did you like it? I did. I did up until the end. Okay. Yep. I agree. (laughs) I really agree. We have to end the book. Yeah. And now I can see why. So when I thought of it, I was like, I listened to it on audio. And literally when I was done with, um, (laughs) when I was done with my ultrasound and as I'm walking and then I'm like, wait, what in the world just happened here? And I'm standing in the parking lot like, did this really happen? And this is the end? Are we serious right now? And then I'm like, oh my God, no wonder we don't know anything about her. Yeah, like she was fucking around with Tualan, and the next thing you know, they're like, they're throwing speeders at Vader. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, that, yeah, I don't know if that, I felt like sometimes when we get to the ending, we kind of rush this ending, I and then it is. doesn't, it doesn't feel organic for it to end that way. I want to know more about her. Like, why does she have this natural connection to the dark side? Why wasn't she tortured, but everyone else was? Right. And she went on Thune. Why did she have that natural connection to the dark side? 
And because of her, excuse me, because of her master, she never really dived into it, but it seemed like the master knew, her master, before she died, knew that she was headed into this direction and was really trying so hard to get her to be good. So when, as I was reading it, and I realized that um, Mace, Mace Windu was in it quite of a lot. Mm-hmm, he was. And when he was in it, I said, okay, no, because he knows. <laughs> he be knowing. It's the same thing that he did with um, Anakin. He gives this look like, no, you you about to do something. Like, there's something off with this person. And he was literally given the same looks towards her. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, so we know that she's supposed to turn dark, but why is she the only one? I just couldn't figure it out. Now, because I think she didn't know who, she, like, where she really came from, what kind of species she, she was, she didn't really know herself. She didn't know where she came from. So then right. as the things started coming out, like little nuggets here and there, I'm like, Girl, the curiosity is going to eat you alive, child. You're going to end up going. And then Why bother go. showing that whole scene where she went back to meet her grandmother and all those people? Like, why? Why did you need to introduce that into the storyline if it wasn't going to be a way to tie, tie it back in again? I think it was just more to tie, to have it in there that she finally met her people. Yeah. And... Yeah. To her, her identity, and that was the other thing, because once you're taken from your family and whatnot to be in the Jedi temple, that's it. You don't know anything else except for being a Jedi. And the droid technician was the same way. You know, he had been away from his planet for 40 years. Yeah. And he wasn't able to go back either. I mean... I agree. I just think like with this one, they were, I think what she was really trying to show, what Delilah was really trying to show is this person really needed to know who she was, needed to know where she came from. She -hmm. was getting tired of people asking, what is she? What is her species? Because she didn't have any knowledge of what that was. And so for her to actually see her family it was like, oh my God, now I know who, you know, who this is, but I really want to hold on. It's kind of like a person who was taken, you know, from a church, you know, after they were born and then sent to, you know, to be in a home and then realize as they grow up, like, wait, I don't think this is my family. Like, where is my family at? And then yeah. what can I do? So I think it was more so that I think identity was really playing an important role into the story. Mm. But did it did it land? I don't think so. Because you went from she needed to know about her identity to this kid that she was talking to, you know, friends with this whole time. And then all of a sudden love is in the air and then love ultimately doomed them. And I'm like, I never got that in the beginning. So I think we missed the bar with trying to convey that they were liking each other 
to I show. I saw on Thune when they were laying down, when she was laying outside and before she woke up in the temple. I, I thought they were, that was the first time she was like, ooh, I might get somewhere. But then afterward, he yeah. turned against her. Yeah, he turned against her. And then I was like, okay, so we don't, all right. Why, wait, why did y'all flirt in, in the beginning? This, Rise of the Red Blades could have been a multi, I think it should have been a multi-book set. I think so too. I agree. They did too. She did too much in just that one book, and I think she was strapped for the amount of pages uh, that she was given. And if I so, agree. she needed if she needed more time, honey. All you had to say was, "Can we please just extend this <laughs> so we can tell the story properly?" Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they would have given it to her. It's not like she was a newbie to the Star Wars. She had other books under her belt, so. If you can go ahead and give Alexander Freed that whole whole alphabet squadron that I can't stand, then okay, you can give Delilah Dawson her three, you know, three book yep. deal mm-hmm. and then call it a day. Cause mm-hmm. I Come think, on, they gave Chuck Windegg three books for the oh Aftermath my God, trilogy. Listen, when I, I have no emotions about that trilogy. I don't know. I haven't read it, but I kept hearing it. But I promise you, when I did that whole alphabet squadron, does like you can't give me back those hours. I listened to that on audio because I knew I wasn't going to be able to read that book. And Mm -hmm. it was such a marathon. I was dying. I was like, I don't care about these people. What is this? Get off. Like, what are we writing? (laughs) Why you can't write something? Like, this here should have been the best trilogy to be honest because the only other um squadron that we have as a book is the rose squadron but then go ahead and get this here and i mean bless bless y'all star wars fans that actually love the books but honey let me tell you i know reading i read a lot that right there was not good writing you need to literally go back Get some new lessons in writing because somewhere in there you missed the bar and you started writing like it's a whole 24-hour marathon that I just cannot get back. I can't do it. You he written that like stale bread on a plate. Ha! You can't, it's just nothing. All right. And I'm like. I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't Erica like a black girl? I'm trying to figure that out because I could have sworn she was a black girl. Then you have the other two. I don't even care what their names are anymore. You have the other two guys on there and then they pretty much have somewhat of a personality. It was driving me crazy. I can't. I can't stress it enough. So I do have to read the Chuck Wendell uh, trilogy. I'm not, I'm like literally not even happy about it because I really keep hearing that it was so bad in the first one, but it picks up in the second and the third one. I kind of like the first one. Um, you know, you got to meet some of the characters and the way things that it went, and you could see them push into more adventures on the second and third. I felt it was kind of kitchen sinkish at some point. They were trying okay. to throw a lot into it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like how like it's neat because like okay, this in Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. I think before you go watch Force Awakens, you should read Bloodlines and you should read the Aftermath trilogy. Because okay. I think I read you know it was when Ray, well, think about it. You knew more about when you read Bloodlines, you got mm-hmm. a little more insight into season three of The Mandalorian. You could see Bloodlines and you could see now more how the First Order came about. about. And you could tie um, it into modern times of using terrorism to get your goal. Literally. Or, you know, even what's happening now in the Middle East about one side funding the other. You know, like, you could go all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. but in Aftermath, though, I liked it because, you know, it was neat to see some of the characters develop. You know, like, what are you doing with the Remnant? Ray Sloan as a character? Mm-hmm. I really liked her as a character. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, seeing some of their strong, strong female characters in in the aftermath series but bloodlines though i mean i loved it it was it was it was i mean wow i mean bloodline was fire bloodline was was the best i think claudia claudia gray might have written the best star wars book no tea no shade no tea no shade was pretty good too actually oh my god no i read all of hers and i would have to say I'm still putting Master and Apprentice and Bloodline at number one because I can't decide between the both and the way she written uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. I mean, that will never leave my mind. Like, that I'm listening to that right so now. rent-free in my head. Like, I would have to say, like, when I read Lost Stars, don't get me wrong, it's a good book. I was getting a little frustrated with Sienna. <laughs> it was, it was, she, the girl needed some shaking. I don't know. She needed a slap here and there. And then, you know, we get to this end and I, I was like, I almost threw my, fu- like I lit, no, my Kindle. I remember, I almost threw my Kindle. Cause I was like, oh hell no. That this <laughs> girl goes ahead and does this ridiculousness. Is she like, I was like, is she for real right now? And then to even see him, I forgot the kid's name, but to see him like, yo, like this, do you understand that this boy is in love with you? <laughs> stop it. Like, just stop it. You're Aww. grown now. You're grown. You you can make these decisions. Just yep. stop it. Yep. <laughs> like, just, yeah, it was driving reading, me crazy. I'm reading Master and Apprentice now or listening to it. I love Star Wars audiobooks. I think mm-hmm. they are the Best the best. value yes. for your dollar with the production and the sound effects and everything. Uh, but Master and Apprentice so far, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, um, and I listen to audiobooks at like 1.5 or 1.6 speed. I'm at 1.7. So get... mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I finished <laughs> Red Blade at 1.75. See, yeah. Like, Come on. <laughs> right. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, no, that one was so um, much alike. Uh, yeah, that's cute. But Master and Apprentice, yeah, that one was good. Bloodline, I felt like I was Leia. Like this girl, this lady was just going through it. Oh my God, she but just to see that that is the first time where she was outed as Vader's daughter because that stupid bitch on that planet was all nebby and her shit, and she wasn't supposed right. to. Wasn't supposed to. And then just with that being said, when I read um, because I, I 
finally finished Princess and the Scoundrel. Something about that book, I just couldn't finish it last season, uh, last year when I was reading it and I had to put it down for a bit. I finally said, you know what, I'm going to pick it back up, but this time I'm going to listen to it as an audio. Thank God I did. Here we go. Here, here we go with another one. Um, Listen, I was only here for the wedding. Wonderful. The honeymoon... <laughs> We, 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 no, because someone, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, Claudia Gray does something when it comes to action, when it comes to uh, the finesse of Leia and Han together and yep. having that middle ground, like, mm. honey, they knew what it was. He knew what it was. He was like, yeah, okay, all right. Where you going to be at? Okay, uh-huh. Finally get get there, and I'm like, it's as if time never slowed down for them. Like, somewhere in there, she can really capture that they are meant to be together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certain people can write certain characters with the essence and what we know and love, but when you capture that oomph in it that I need, because what I need to see on paper, if you're going to write, you need to write, because Leia and Han were destined to be together, meaning that it didn't matter if she lived here and he was over there, and they were gone for that long. It's supposed to be that they are what you call the soulmates because yep. soulmates it doesn't matter how many years have gone by when they see each other it's as if the years didn't go by yes and I didn't get that in the princess and the scoundrel i'm sorry um, i just didn't get it no no bloodlines you saw the relationship the tie between them even in the aftermath series in the aftermath series this is where ben they showed they talk about ben being born yeah. In the final book of the Aftermath trilogy. That's right. And so, but you get that relationship. Like she knew how to write about Han and Leia. Thra- I mean, Zahn knew how to write about Thrawn. And yeah. just all oh, Zahn created him. You know, it's like, you know, think about that. And talk about earlier, we were talking about Era of the Empire. I mean, that mm-hmm. came out when there was, you know, like I lived through the era between, you know, I remember yes. as, a, as a kid, you know, the, the drought, you know, 11, 11, 12 year old. As uh, end of Jedi and waiting for you know Phantom Menace to come out. Mm-hmm. I didn't read any of the book. I didn't read the book Same when here. it first came out. I wasn't a mm-hmm. part of that back then. But mm-hmm. yet knowing how important books were with the extended universe. But so I gotta say between Timothy Zahn mm-hmm. and uh, Claudia Gray, I would put them probably as the, my top two Star Wars authors. I Hands would down. have to agree. I am. I would have to say the next one after that would have to be. It would have to be Kevin Scott because he is does he more High Republic or what is he? Yeah, he does the High Republic, but he also do the um. He does the comic books too. Him and Charles Soule, they do the comic okay. books too. But oh, Kevin Scott did Dooku. Uh, he did. The he Dooku did count Jedi the, Lost. That's right. next on my list. After yeah, no list. You got to read that one. You read that one. Oh, Duke <laughs> that is one. next after Master of the Princess, though. Okay. Yeah. 
work. Actually, actually, I have to go back old school because I broke up the duology of uh, visions of the past and specter of the future. No, wait. Okay. Visions of the past. Or, it's, there's a two part. Isn't that part of the Jedi order? The Hand of Thrawn. No, the Hand of Thrawn. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. About that. Okay. So it's the vision, specter of the past and visions of the future is a, is a, is a two part set. Okay. And so mm-hmm. um, I finished the first one. Mm-hmm. And I decided to take a break for a while, and nothing went plowed through the aftermath. I I wanted more that filled in around Mandalorian season three, and the required right. reading for Mandalorian season three should be Bloodlines and Aftermath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but um, I'm really looking forward to reading the Dooku book. I really yeah. am. I want to get really more. Good. I mean, that Tales of the Jedi. Just reading, learning about Dooku, and that animated series was. You know, because you see him in the, the second, you know, the attack of the clones and you're just like, okay, here's this Dooku guy. But now you're getting more yeah. story to him. Clone right. Wars was a big help for that. Oh, yeah. They Clone put a Wars lot of meat on it. Yes. But you, but you know what? I wish you would have had read Count Dooku before the Tales of the Jedi, because I think that experience would have elevated it. Because when I watched Tales of the Jedi, I was like. This is it. Like, this is what I needed in my life. Like, to really put the stamp on it as... I can't wait. You've not made like, me excited you for you. have to. Yeah, and it's a script book, so clearly, yeah, it was meant for audio. So I would just listen to it as the audio. But, um, yeah, I read that. Um, I read that last year, too. But this yeah. one, I did, uh, I did both of the Thrawn trilogies. And the Queen trilogy, I did finish the. Um, yes. Listen, yeah. For my money, the only <laughs> writer that's better that that comes after Claudia Gray is <laughs> E.K. Motherfucking Johnston. Okay, like I I've started. Um, the oh, he wrote the Ahsoka book. Yeah. Book. Mm-hmm. I haven't finished it yet, um, but it's amazing. The yeah. Padme series is amazing. Like she gets it, yeah, she, gets it. she really do. That um, the third one. You want to talk about writers? Queen's Hope. I think that's the third one. I I really like that one better. I like that one better because I think what happened was this wasn't supposed to be a trilogy because the way that first book ended, I think it was just only supposed to be just that one book, and they went ahead and gave her mm-hmm. two more extra ones, and then next scene it's. Trust me, when you read that first one, you'll understand what I'm talking about because it's that very ending and you're like, okay. So then when you get to the second one, you're like, why did we do that? And then so I'm just looking. I was like, oh, okay. They wanted well, we the same her. thing. Yeah, oh, she yeah, did? That. yeah, she, she did? Oh, show. okay. She was on this oh, show. Yes, yeah. Shoot. Twice. Oh. My close personal friend, Miss E.K. Johnson, my emergency contact. <laughs> Girl, no, I put her good. on. I put her on my um, HR on the HR website at Spectrum when I'm working oh, there, <laughs> in case something happens to me. Please contact. Yo, and Tom was like, "I hope nothing ever happens to you at work." Okay, because she'd be looking like, "What in the world? Who is calling me?" <laughs> That's how much I love that woman. Like, Yo. she's so amazing. Like, and at a time in my life where like work wasn't going really well for me. Like she was very um, supportive for me. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And Absolutely. okay, yeah, they know what that is. She tried to put her booty in a camera. Oh, uh, but that. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, five years old already. Just, you know, wow. like Dylan. a new animal. Okay. But yeah, and she was so supportive during that time. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, it's amazing. I can't That's not cool. have her on this list because uh, okay. she's an exceptional human and mm-hmm. a great writer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I actually enjoy the Ahsoka book a lot more than I gave myself credit for in the beginning. Sometimes you just have to let these books process. And I always keep saying, if you let these books process over time, your mind, you know, starts to think back for some reason till this day is still in my head. And then I'm like, okay, I actually do like, I like this book. I like it even more. The ones that I was having trouble with, obviously, y'all know I ain't even going back to that. But um, I think I would have to let Battle Scar simmer for a little bit more. <laughs> I needed to simmer in my head a little bit more because somewhere in there, there was a little bit of a disconnect reading it. And now when I think back on it, I'm like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I just think there was just too much emphasis on Marin, <laughs> on her relationship. And I think you know what I'm talking about. And then when I get into the game, I'm like, okay, I understand. I understand why we had to write all of that in the book. I just think we could have just chopped it down. We had to chop some of that stuff down, but I get it. But um, overall... I would I would have to say Claudia Gray probably like my top because I've read all of her books. So all of her books, um I think my new favorite one is gonna have to be Lydia King because what she did with Cataclysm, I mean my girl just, she did the damn thing. I'm ready for whatever she has coming for next year. Cataclysm just kind of like, she understood. She understood what it is to be a mom. She understood what it is to be a chancellor. And she understood what the decisions that a person in her stature had to make for the sake of her son and what it was ultimately going to lead to but as long as she had her one and only family that that's what she needed to Mm -hmm. do in her life at the moment and she made no regrets I think she just captures that very 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 well and then as well as like all the other um, characters, I felt like I was even more connected to Zuri and, and Fantu and their marriage because reading the other book that kind of int- that introduced them clearly because of the whole marriage thing, I didn't feel the connection. But then all of a sudden reading Cataclysm, I felt like, damn, like, did we get a whole revamp of characters or something like did the characterization of it just develop a little bit better? Am I starting to see like, you know, emotional development in it? It's just, it felt different. And she did a really good job capturing it. 
Um, George Mann, he's really good. I, I actually, he did really well. He did so good with Battle of Jetta. My man said, all right, here's the beginning, middle, and end. Doomsday clock, and we're counting down to the zero hours. My man was here for it. He said, no, this is a battle. This is a war. We're here for a war, and that was that. I love that. He did really good with the um with the middle middle grade uh book. I thought he did an exceptional job with the character Rupert and Solandra's show. Um, but the Eye of Darkness, he did it. Mm. Like he really did it. You have to listen to the audio because my man who was narrating on that one, he put the whole emphasis in this, like he thought he was reading a script. That's how it felt. Like he put so much heart into it, but also too with George Mann's writing, it was you are following like what is happening with the the after effects of what Mark and Roe has done to these done to the Jedi. Like he crippled these, crippled the Jedi hard. And now we're starting to see what it means to take the strength away from the Jedi. And he did it so well. And to see the different POVs in it, he did a really good job going back and forth in between where it didn't feel so convoluted. Um, you know, took took the time, which each one, um, especially when it came to uh, Porter Angle, which I was really surprised. And to me, he understood the assignment. Like my man said, yep, I got you. I know what I'm going to write about with Porter Engel. And man, if you have not read the Blade issues, the comic issues, it's like you wouldn't even know the person, like literally personally of what Porter Engel is going through during this particular time with him by himself and him having to confront his past. And, you know, it's just, it was just so beautiful. Like, I, I really enjoyed that book. Like, I'm ready for the next one. But George Mann, he seems to be, like, right up there next to um, next to Claudia Gray, I would have to say. Because his writing is doing something for me. And the fact that he's even going from, like, adult novel to script book to middle grade, you know, middle grade school books... I thought that was pretty fascinating for them to even give him this shot of doing each different um, different genre, I guess you would say, for the um, the demographic mm-hmm. of the audience that he's that he's trying to capture. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'm having a good time with these <laughs> audiobooks of Star Wars. I do sure. have some more next year. So Ooh. yeah. I'm going to um, try to get into, I really do have to have to read the Aftermath trilogy because that is on my Kindle and I have to read, I'm actually thinking about reading the Bane series because I've been dying to read that. It's a good trilogy, the Bane okay. trilogy by Kermit, that's really good. Okay, see, the oh, yeah, I have that, so that on there and the Heir to the Empire. So if I can... Get all of those, including the comics, the um, High Republic comics. And uh, I don't even know. Do you know if they have the script, um, 
have a script book or audio book coming out for the High Republic? Because they haven't mentioned or I haven't seen I any. Know. Okay. So. Only thing I saw was an encyclopedia, like a visual encyclopedia recently came out. Okay. So, yeah, I don't need that one. <laughs> I got enough. I'm going to just... <laughs> I'm going to get the, uh, no, so I think the next one that's coming out is the middle school one for next year in January, so I'll be getting that, but yeah, so far, and my channel is doing really good, so I'm almost at 100 subscribers for the Resistance. That's awesome. Yeah. For like a standalone show, and it's all you, all Mm -hmm. the time, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. So I'm trying nice to nice thank you. I'm trying to set up something next year to where I can do interviews, but it's not going to be an interview. I can't stand interviews. They cringe me. Like I will get anxiety doing an interview. I wanted to do more like a sit down conversation, like a one on one, but more conversational piece. Yeah. Of talking to other authors and their works and stuff like that. So that's what I'm working on for next year. And hopefully that will build up more of an audience. And yeah, and just keep on going. I ain't stopping and still got my podcast. So (laughs) still keep on moving. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank Thank you you. for spending time with me. No worries. Um, I miss you. (laughs) It's not as easy to do anymore. I know. Because somebody needs so much care. Okay. <laughs> and, and now I have a new job and, you know, that keeps me busy too. And Absolutely. Somehow I got to keep Tom entertained too. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a lot that we do, man. Watching Beyonce's movie, I'm like, I'm glad I'm not the only bitch that's struggling out here. Because, you know, it, it, it's so, it, it sort of made me feel good. Like, even Beyonce struggles with this shit. She's not perfect. Like, she's... Mm-hmm. She's in the same boat we're all in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you just got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And, and keep moving. I'm adapting. Right. You know, you have to adapt to what's in front of you. Right. And sometimes that could be a real struggle, which is, yeah, you know. You never is, know. Never but know. I'm, just, I'm so grateful, like. Even to this day, like the benefits of recovery are um, still showing up in my life. Like I'm able to come out here and help someone who needs some assistance right now mm-hmm. as they're going through a tough time in their life. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm able to do that. So um, for me, it's really been a blessing. I'm not a religious person, but um, I am a spiritual person, if that counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it was really special to come out here on this trip and um, be able to be of service to somebody else and show my daughter like what it's like in action, right? Yeah. We don't talk about helping other people. We actually go out and we do that. That's right. You know, that's right. So it was, it was amazing. You're doing um, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. I'm, I'm trying, baby. I'm trying to be more like you. <laughs> Honey, it ain't easy. And we over here working on baby number two, and that joint ain't easy either. So you're not tired yet? If I could get through no, the problem is is Jesus. Apparently my period won't stop coming. So we have to figure out why it keeps coming 
irregularly. So that's where we are right now. Yeah. We're it's not annoying right now. We're trying to close the show. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. Not you. I, oh. <laughs> are you voguing over there? No. <laughs> this one. This one. She's ready. Yeah. No, oh she's ready. Goodness. Yeah. But she yeah, was, no. She was in the, the concert, you know. I'm one of one. You know, I hear that. Everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one. Oh, boy. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Right. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Just let it happen, honey. <laughs> when, oh, when I was a baby come back. and I was in my mom's belly, I was eating my mom. Yes. Just like my daughter was too. Right. You know? And 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 it wasn't it wasn't easy. It sure wasn't. I had a had to take it still ain't. Yeah. And then now my daughter just doesn't want to eat. <laughs> so oh wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going oh. through that phase. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A new one. Mm-hmm. It Actually, always is. It's it something always new. is. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was cool to come back. I really missed y'all. Like I really did. I, I missed you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, you for, cool. thank you for the invite. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I wish man. we could do it more often. I'm not gonna hold y'all anymore. I feel like I done held y'all for hours at gunpoint. So <laughs> no worries. Oh my gosh. No worries. Yeah. Just thank you for being with us. Yes, um. Yes, um. Thank you, G, for being with us. I think we'll close up. What do you guys have in final thoughts? Anything? Uh, well, let's just hope that um, 2024 will open up to new adventures and new new achievements, I want to say. Some new goals that I'm setting for myself and, you know, see where it takes me. I hope things do get better. Um, I, I need I need some uh, pick me upper at this point. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Looking for a good year of some good possibilities and just you know, positivity. Get out of the woods financially and uh, you know just you know survive. I'm in the same boat. I need to learn how to stop shopping. That's my thing. I hear that. Yeah, agree. <laughs> agree. Yeah. Like online looking for heels so like yeah that's really a priority you know <laughs> right 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 like why am i buying shoes <laughs> and i guess for me it's more of like buying books let me just stop buying books no i can't i can't stop <laughs> but right. at least i have a library why not so yeah but other than that it was good to see you guys it was really good yeah. I love yeah. it. thank you thank you thank you maria i appreciate you yeah, no problem. Yeah. Ahsoka, why don't you why don't you sing our song to take us out? Why don't you sing the song? Okay. What do you want to sing? This the turkey? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to just like that. Just like that. Oh boy. <laughs> A turkey is a fun neighbor. His head goes wobble, wobble. And he knows I'm funny work. It's gobble, gobble, gobble. We have to wrap the show. Yeah, we're wrapping up. <laughs> Thank you, Soka. 
I'm used to it. Okay. All right. Thank you so, <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, you. everybody. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. 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 Have a good night. It's time I have, to, I have to end the recording, honey. If I don't, we'll be in trouble. <laughs> Make sure I've got it.